This is the Building Management Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. As people become more comfortable in the home building automation space, they want to be able to take this commercial as well. Regardless of the ups and downs in the stock market, if these manufacturers, these plants, and these entities want to stay open, they need water. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern, and joining me is Judy Smith. She's the Vice President of Higher Education at Government Sourcing Solutions. Judy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Absolutely. So um, today we are talking about best practices for rolling out supplier contracts in a decentralized higher education setting. But just to kind of set everything up, Judy, I want to talk about what you do at Government Sourcing Solutions. So what, what's the primary goal for what you guys are, uh, are looking to achieve there at GSS? Well, so GSS is a non-traditional consulting firm. Um, we work with supplier partners to bring collaborative contracting agreements to um, higher ed and actually state and local government. And so we are looking to leverage existing contracts that are in place rather than having the entities go out and sort of start over and uh, create the wheel themselves, so to speak, by doing an RFP process and um, trying to leverage existing contract agreements that are available out there so that they can jump on and start saving money more quickly. Yeah, let's go into detail about that, because I, I want to know kind of more about what the advantage is for levering, leveraging existing contracts rather than creating a, a new one. You know, largely it is, um, there are so many available agreements out there that um, have been competitively bid and solicited by people that are just like your procurement department. So they're out there um, able to be used instantly. So it really shortens that timeline for somebody that can jump onto this cooperative agreement. There are a lot of cooperatives out there um, that are available to really public entities. In some cases, private entities can also jump onto these agreements, but it saves the supplier time and money and it saves the organization time and money. Um, it It just streamlines everything so that you don't have to spend all of this time doing the prep work. You can just dive right in, analyze the contract, and determine what works best for you and, uh, and turn it on for your campus or your, your organization. Do most uh, you know, higher ed campuses or organizations know that this is an option, or is this something where you are educating people quite frequently uh, that, this is, that this is a possibility for them? Most higher ed institutions are aware of cooperative contracts. I think what they don't realize is how good these contracts are. And so very often they'll overlook them and think, oh, I might be able to do better by myself. But I would say within the past, I would say five to seven years, there's a big difference in what a cooperative agreement can offer versus what we thought of cooperative agreements maybe five or seven years ago. Um, So I would encourage even large institutions to take a look at agreements that exist before they make the decision to go out and do something on their own. I think smaller universities are a lot better at looking around and seeing what's available to them. And it's probably a function of the size of their staff and their ability to get things done. So they are more apt to use a cooperative agreement than a large university. So I think that's definitely um, something that needs to be looked at at these larger universities to make sure, are you really doing the right thing by doing an RFP, or could you really make better use of your time and resources by leveraging an existing agreement? Sure. So when you are kind of explaining these options about cooperative uh, contracts and agreements and that sort of thing, how do you walk through that conversation? And what are some of the factors that you help people consider as you uh, walk them through making these decisions? 
You know, it really is going to be dependent on whatever the situation is at the university. But what I find most commonly um, is that if we talk about an agreement that exists where they have a gap, for instance, presently, um, I really focus on streamlining that process and getting something up and running to save money now versus taking all that time to run a, a whole RFP. Um, it's just time lost if you don't do something when it's available to you right now. So I spend a lot of time just saying, you know, what would be the downside of doing this cooperative agreement, particularly if you're not doing business with this supplier presently? Um, let's get our feet wet, see how it goes. And if you feel like you might want a customized agreement, well, then let's talk about that after you get your feet wet with this cooperative agreement. And in most cases, if they give the cooperative agreement a try, they're pretty happy with it. Absolutely. And, and um, tell me a little bit more about how you can maybe get campus users involved in that uh, selection process. They're at the beginning, so maybe there is a feeling of ownership um, from the beginning as opposed, you know, as opposed to maybe people feeling like this is something that um, they didn't really have a hand in. Sure. You know, we, um, we really encourage the use of steering committees or some sort of a, a group that will come together and understand the commodity and the problem that you're having with the commodity. So it's almost backing the truck up a little bit to say, okay, what problem are we trying to address and what kind of contract would make sense for our campus? And introducing not just the supplier itself, but why it's important to manage that commodity and really gaining some not just interest, but also giving them some perspective on what you're trying to address. If you bring the folks along in this committee, and typically I choose one of those hard end users that's hard to win over to be part of this group, because if you can win them over, they'll be a champion for you on your campus as well. But getting them engaged and understanding why it's important to look at this commodity more deeply, and then introducing this notion that there's actually these cooperative agreements out here available, we could give this a try, what do you think about it? And sort of engaging them in the whole soup to nuts process so that they don't feel like it was just procurement that went out there, establishes a contract, and just is trying to roll it out to campus without you know, much information from their perspective. But really listening to them and hearing their problems with the commodity as well. So what are some of the more prominent and uh, I suppose more frequent, I say, uh, I would say, uh, objections that you get from people and maybe set up those arguments and then uh, tell me how you would push back on them from your perspective? Sure. I think probably the, the biggest one that, that we hear from end users on campuses is that it's, it's my budget and it's my money. Um, I need to purchase what I need to do to get my job done. And kind of who are you to tell me um, where I should buy things or who I should buy from? And that can be very difficult to navigate, particularly in a research environment where they're right. They are responsible for the progress they make in their research, and they do have to get their job done. Um, but I think that it's trying to explain to them that if you can all work collaboratively across your campus, not just their prices impacted, but the price for those maybe smaller end user departments, they actually benefit in addition to these maybe larger ones that have a larger voice. So working as a collaborative university versus individual departments will actually result in savings for everyone, not just potentially savings for the biggest department on your campus. Um, getting them to sort of look at the bigger picture like that and showing them the value of buying all together generally works. Um, it does take a lot of time to get them there. 
they, I think that they feel very often that when I say they, I'm speaking of um, those folks that have grants or contracts that are federally funded. They often view it as their money. And frankly, if they were to leave the university, the money would travel with them. So getting them to understand that it's a benefit to them um, also is helping procurement to sort of make their case across the campus um, so that we can all work collaboratively together. So that's, that's probably the biggest argument I hear. The second might be um, the person has just gotten used to buying from this particular supplier. It's an easy process. Um, they don't really want to change, and it's just that typical change. I think with that, you really have to figure out, are there pain points in that process? And what value can you bring to that person? So if they today are shopping on the supplier website and you know maybe not getting the best price across the board, um, but it's a comfortable process, you have to then show them, look how easy it is to buy the way we'd like you to, and hey, you might save some money. And not to mention your neighbor and department over here is already doing it and they've had a lot of success. Um, so it's it's really helping them to understand that whenever there's set processes in place and a contract in place that protects the university, it's really good for them in addition to it being good for the university. Absolutely. And when you talk about collaborative environment and um, kind of people working together, there are also effective ways to really uh, leverage, um, leverage the supplier and what they have um, and their resources as well, is there not? For sure. Um, most larger suppliers have a team that will help you launch a contract on your campus. And for many smaller schools, and even some of the larger ones, um, implementing the contract sort of is something that happens sometimes very slowly. Um, and it's largely because procurement is very focused on getting the contract terms and conditions and the pricing in place. But then that rollout strategy can be something that's an afterthought. I have found that if you leverage your suppliers, they have a lot of resources available to help you implement. And they'll put the people there and conduct webinars, do different things for you on your behalf. Things go much more smoothly when procurement sort of endorses that supplier. So if you can, um, for instance, get the procurement department to advertise your supplier contract on their website and say, we've worked with this company, we trust them, this is a university-wide contract, um, please make an appointment with you know, the rep to come out and see you. Um, or attend this lunch and learn or webinar or presentation that they might do just to spread the word. We talked about um, campuses being very decentralized, and with that comes this need to do many channels of communication. So you cannot just expect um, a contract announcement to be something that someone's going to read. You might need to have people present in their departments, you might need to make phone calls, you might need to send emails. It's just going to depend on that user, how you really reach out to them and, and get them motivated. But suppliers can help you in this regard. Yeah, I think that's a really great point, and one that shouldn't be uh, missed is just the the help that can be you know brought in with the creation of marketing materials and web webinars like you're mentioning, and uh, the ability to be able to ask for assistance as well. You know, in in areas where where you do need guidance and help. What I've seen too is that suppliers. This isn't new to mo many suppliers, right? They've been on many college campuses. You've been on just your own college campus, so they may have different ways to skin the cat that you haven't even thought about. 
you can learn a lot from them as well. Absolutely. So give me a, um, maybe walk me through the process kind of from beginning to end, I suppose, of uh, you come in and you, you, um, you know, help with this process. What does, how does the university look different at the end of the day and how are they better off in the end in a successful scenario for you? So I think whenever you really successfully implement a supplier contract, um, your big users, your big requisitioners are aware of the contract and its benefits and sort of become a voice for you. So they'll talk about it with their peers. Um, we generally look at contract compliance over time. It can be very, very slow to, and compliance is sort of a, an, an ugly word for many people, but it's contract utilization over time. And so watching how the spend shifts from less desirable contracts, or maybe contracts is, is too loose of a word, but procurement options over to a contracted supplier um, that's really the measure of success. Were you able to move some of your spend that was not being procured through a university-wide contract over to this you know, preferred vehicle? And how you do that over time is, um, is a, a, the measure of success in my mind. And whenever you hear an end user say, hey, did you think about trying this new contract for this service? If, if they if they become, you know, your voice for you, that's a sign of success. Whenever they start to say, this is a great way to change the way you're doing your business or um, streamline things in your department, that's when you know you've really, you've really done things right. Now, kind of looking back over your time in the industry and then looking forward, what have been some of the, uh, the big trends and the way maybe the industry has changed and shifted a little bit? And what are some of kind of the newer things that have come along uh, since, you've been, um, since you've been a part of this? You know, it's, I would say it's almost gone full circle in many ways. And I think that I'm finally old enough that I'm like, oh, my gosh, the pendulum does swing. <laughs> all the way. <laughs> um, whenever I came into higher ed procurement, I was actually brought in to implement strategic sourcing and e-procurement, and that was almost 20 years ago now, which is kind of crazy. And at the time, um, I was seeing many, many campuses willingly going toward maybe a sole supplier agreement for um, a particular commodity. And it was very commonplace to move in that direction. And it was resisted. And I would say that it maybe took five to ten years to really get campuses to understand, oh, yeah, it does make sense to have one supplier focus on a category on my campus. Um, and it took a long time to bring the campus community with us. What's happening recently um, is that I'm seeing this whole notion of dual award again. And I think you can both blame and compliment e-procurement for that. And it's because e-procurement has sort of made it possible for our end users to see many different contracts at one time for very similar items. Um, whenever e-procurement first was implemented, people didn't want to see the same item available through multiple contract vehicles. You would get criticized for that. They wanted you to shop for them and tell them what the right place to buy something was. Now, because everybody's you know, at home doing online shopping, they're really comfortable with going into your e-procurement platform looking at all these supplier agreements, and making the choice themselves. And what I'm seeing is they want that. They feel more confident if they're not being steered to one supplier versus another. This is really hard for a procurement director to navigate because we've just spent the past 
15 years driving toward primary supplier agreements and partnerships with our suppliers. And so I think in the future, navigating that and trying to figure out as a procurement director and a supplier, how do I market my business to end users on a campus or how do I market procurements services to the end user while still satisfying this need to have cost savings? That is really the, this huge shift that I see happening across the industry right now. Do you see that as the biggest challenge, maybe moving forward, just tackling this issue? For sure, I do. And I think it's a challenge for suppliers and for procurement departments. And how do they navigate that? Um, you really, it's very, very difficult to have multiple suppliers in the same category and treat them all like they're your partner. Um, it's very difficult to do that. And so it, I don't know how procurement directors plan to navigate this, um, providing choice and you know, providing um, this, this sort of partnership to a supplier. But it is definitely something that is cropping up throughout the industry. And uh, figuring out how to navigate that and work within those constraints, that's going to be um, those suppliers that can figure that out, they will rise to the top. Well, it's definitely something to watch for in the future. Judy Smith, the Vice President of Higher Education at Government Sourcing Solutions. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Judy. Thank you.